This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday, and so is tomorrow, and every day from now until forever. Yeah. You guys ever think about dying? <laughs> BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And we're kicking off Barbenheimer week. We are so incredibly excited. Um, it is, it's been a great weekend at the films. And so we're going to review them now. We're starting off with Greta Gerwig and Barbie. So we're in agreement that a movie about Barbie didn't have to do all this, right? I mean, it's... It's kind of like it could have been a generic middling film. It probably would have made a ton of money regardless. It didn't have to be this weird and clever and 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 subversive and and also just delightful and glorious. I mean, I love this film. I went in kind of feeling like a bit scared that all the hype might have killed it. But I've emerged thinking for all its flaws, I think this was such a good film. So I thought it was actually kind of, I won't use the word generic, but I thought it was super, super accessible as a movie. Yep. Even with all the layers and everything that they did with the plot and the subversiveness, I still thought it was a very, it was a super accessible summer blockbuster movie, which I really, really enjoyed. I think if you liquefied cotton candy and you use them as eye drops, then you would get this movie or you would see every movie in the in the filter that this movie uses. Um, it's like, it's a, it's a pure shot of feel goodness and joy and color. Um, and they also pack a lot of heavy messages into it, which we can get into. But I, I will also say that I don't know if I would have enjoyed it this much to this extent if it wasn't for Barbenheimer. So the, the event of watching Oppenheimer in the morning and then the whiplash of suddenly watching Barbie at night uh, and that communal experience and, and making an event out of the whole thing, out of the whole Barbenheimer thing, that made me enjoy it so much more. Actually, um, I mean, this is ahead of our review of Oppenheimer, but I do think that, I'll just say it early, uh, going to the cinema for both these films is a treat. It's such a treat. It's such mm -hmm. a great thing to have two good movies that everybody is so invested in happening at the same time. So just flagging that up. The other thing I will say is that the Barbie trailers have been really clever. And for that reason, I'm not really going to do a summary, partly because I think if you haven't seen it yet, then the summary actually is kind of actively unhelpful. It's more fun to go into the film knowing that you're going to get a Barbie movie, but not being sure exactly what form that movie is going to take. Because uh, what we know for sure, and what I can say because it's in the trailer, is that it takes place very clearly in... Barbie land, uh, the rules of which are explained, sort of, kind of, in the course of the movie. And then some stuff happens in what appears to be a version of the real world as well. And so there's, there's that overlap and that strange kind of push and pull. Um, but 
I really think that if you've seen just the trailer, that that's how it should stay until you go watch it. Um, I really wouldn't recommend sort of knowing more than that because then the film loses its element of surprise. Ironically, I feel like you should be more worried about spoilers for Barbie than you should be for Oppenheimer. Well, and I never thought you'd reach that point in Oppenheimer's in a historical thing. Yeah, you know? It's, I know, it's all I there. Um, no, but it, and partly is because so much of the excitement and delight of Barbie is discovering how that story is told, right? And all those things you said, Arvind, the fact that it can simultaneously be silly and and like Lawat Bodo and at the same time have this like pack a punch, suddenly you're like crying and you don't even know why kind of moments. Um, it's so great to discover it. A lot of people are talking about um, the ending or the final line. Um, don't look it up. Don't read the articles. I think it's best discovered in the movie. Um, and I think that for all the cynicism that you could have about something that's a that's a toy conglomerate and comes with branding and all of that, the movie is clever because it somehow does actually manage to have its cake and eat it too, right? It's both a celebration as well as a critique of everything that's Barbie um, and of women, how we view women and treat women and um, how women treat themselves and each other. So there's a lot here that I think could be unpacked. There's so many think pieces coming out already. Um, I, for one, actually can't wait to watch it again. I, I think the the unpacking and the... The stuff, the layers again, I think that's the most Greta Gerwig element in this movie. Because like halfway through, right, I was wondering, like, this is the, I think this is the least Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach project that they've ever done. Um, like, I can see this being made by other people. Like, her, their, their fingerprints are not really on this, uh, the way that it, they are on other movies, like Lady Bird and, and um, uh, Little Women. And at the same time, I also see why they would tackle something like this because it's also very Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig. And that, that push and pull or that, that sort of balance of making a summer blockbuster but also making it very poignant and very them, right? I love that. I love the whole mix of the, the whole thing. And it's also so weird. I, I didn't expect the movie to be so weird. I won't get into why it's so weird, but it is such a weird, different, kooky movie it's actively weird like absolutely it, it yeah. really is very strange and it's strange while also playing with the idea of what you know about barbie and you know making fun a little bit of barbie while also being very sincere and earnest in its love and appreciation of the doll and its impact and i think it manages that balance between taking itself seriously enough that you want to take it seriously but not so seriously that you're like actually why am i here like th there's there's no meaning in this so so I want to talk a little bit about the world before we get into the writing and the characters, because I actually think that the one of the best things about this film is how well made it is. And I, I feel as if if you're just watching it as like a like a strange adult version of a child's fantasy, then it's kind of easy to miss the attention to detail that's gone into the world. So Barbie Land is mostly practical, which is really saying something when you have like people gliding off of roofs into cars and stuff. Um, it's Barbie Land's mostly practical. It looks really great and weird and dollhousey. Um, the the songs are so fantastic. The costuming is great. So just on the basis of how well the movie is made, it's super well made. The attention to detail, actually, if you're a Barbie fan, which I will unabashedly say I was when I was growing up. I had many weird Barbies. 
I can imagine. Huh. Um, we each had one. It's, everyone's tried to cut Barbie's hair off, draw on her face. Um, if you're a, if you're familiar with the world of Barbie, so many of the things within this look so real. Like I felt like I was um, America Ferrera's character who would be like, "Oh my God, what is this real?" Um, the attention to detail with that alone is worth watching the film for. But actually, what I also genuinely liked was the way in which they constructed the real world, which somehow also kind of seems weird, like the way things look inside, say, Mattel headquarters, um, the way people interact with each other, like the whole idea of something being quite like Wes Anderson-y, Tim Burton-esque. There are lots of things you could say, um, but none of them really capture enough how well constructed this 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 movie and this world feel. It, it's one of those movies that you could catch scenes of anywhere, like, um, I don't know, like an electronic store, like a TV is playing in one day. And you would instantly know, like within a couple of seconds, like, it's, oh, this is, it, it, it's the Barbie movie. Or you could see it playing like, uh, in an airplane and you would know like yeah okay that that's the that's the barbie movie there's such a it's so signature with the pink and the aesthetic and not even the pink and the aesthetic the way that they use those colors and the set pieces and the way characters show up the way characters move and the way they dress um it's so so good i love that you said wes anderson because it has that kind of consistency right it's so of a piece like you can see from start to finish um even the the purposefully janky CGI that they use sometimes is so consistent. And I love that, like in a, in a movie like this. We're talking today about the first half of our Barbenheimer double feature. We're discussing Barbie, um, which was directed by Greta Gerwig, um, written by Gerwig as well as Noah Baumbach. It stars a bunch of Barbies and Kens, whom we will come back to talk about. Let us know, did you watch Barbie? Have you seen it yet? Did you like it? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Birkins for Mama. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. When my heart breaks. Some things have been happening that might be related. When my world shakes. Cold shower. Ooh. Falling off my roof. <laughs> And my heels are on the ground. <gasps> what do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Closer I am to fine. Closer I am to fine. I'm coming with you. Okay. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin and these Barbies and Arvin, I'm not sure if you want to be a Ken or if you want to be someone else. I'll be an Ellen. All right. Ellen's cool. Nice. These Barbies. I want to be, be a Ken sometimes, though. Sometimes, sometimes occasionally. Ken, yes. I thought you were yeah. going to go skipper, which really frightened me. Um, no, no. But <laughs> these Barbies and this Alan really love this movie, just to sum it up. Um, let's talk about the cast, because the cast is crazy. It's, I mean, firstly, you've got Margot Robbie, whom the narrator, hint, there is a narrator, actively mm -hmm. calls out as 
too perfect looking. Um, and, you know, she looks just like Barbie. And then you've got the much criticised casting of a slightly creepy and odd looking Ryan Gosling as Beach Ken, who is just beyond perfect. Um, you've got your Simu Liu, uh, you've got your Issa Rae, you've got just so many people packed into this thing. I mean, between Barbie and Oppenheimer, you would have seen every actor in Hollywood this weekend. Really, yeah. every actor is on screen. Um, gosh, like Margot Robbie as Barbie, sure, it's easy to say she's beautiful and she suits the, the role just for that. But there are things that she does with her face in this role that she goes from being OTT and doll-like in the next scene to kind of just grabbing your heart and crushing it. Um, she's so good in this role. Um, if ever there was something as perfect casting, I think Margot Robbie for this role was it. And then you see Ryan Gosling. Um, <laughs> really, I think what I didn't expect is how much they did with the Ken character. Because as it turns out, it's not just a feminist credo. No, it's um, about patriarchy. Yeah, it's, yes, patriarchy. <laughs> and, and horses. horses. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Ryan Gosling also spot on in his role. Um, perfect mix of dumbness, but also actually having heart. And and I think he gets it. Like he gets the character that he's playing so well. He's been talking so much about the Kennergy. And it really is there. I <laughs> well, mean... the Kennergy is 10 on 10. <laughs> 10 on 10. Um, I, I feel like the casting of Ryan Gosling is is intentional for a few reasons, but it's also very clever because we know he's a good actor uh, we know his comedic timing is, is flawless sometimes but he's also known to be um what is the word for it an, an edgy icon for his work mm -hmm. in uh, drive and that movie and taxi driver don draper and madman joker they all sit in the same boat so i think casting him as ken and then giving him the character arc that they do give him in this movie it's very the genius, it's very the clever, you know. I, I, I think that was very, very intentional. So the thing is, right, um, we've referenced this already. I cried at the end of the movie. I found myself tearing up and I was just like, oh, are the lights coming on? Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just crying a weird amount for Barbie. But the other <laughs> thing was, I laughed. I laughed and laughed. Yeah. I laughed exiting the cinema. Um, I listened to the soundtrack over the weekend and I laughed every time I heard certain songs. And a lot of that, I mean... Everybody is very funny and very good, but a lot of the very pure laughter and ridiculousness comes from Ryan Gosling specifically and the way he has chosen to portray Beach Ken. I, I really think actually this movie's greatest achievement is packaging a sort of very weird kind of humour. Um, you know, the kind of humour that in the 90s and early 2000s I would have expected to find in something like death to smoochie hiding in a dvd mm. in a bin somewhere um and putting it out in a very very mainstream accessible fun product and i was sitting in the cinema looking around at the sea of pink around me because everybody was dressed up um listening to people cheer and i was just thinking wow we've actually arrived at a point where a really weird movie like this is a mass movie and that's kind of cool you know, like actually we, we always talk about how movies are too long, right? Some movies like two hours, two and a half hours, two hours, 45 minutes. I think this movie could have used an extra 45 minutes at least, um, at least for the performances and, and the, the kind of stack cast that it has. Like, and there to are live in that world, I think. 
to, to live in that world. Uh, there are subplots here. I thought they were barely developed, like stuff with America Ferreira's character and her daughter. Um, that skips by. They just glaze by that almost. And I thought there are things there. There are plots there. And I don't know if they sacrificed that to make this movie easier to consume, especially for a younger audience. But I thought the movie could have been slightly longer. Okay, maybe not 45 minutes, but at least another 20 minutes. It was a bit too short, I thought, for like a Greta Gerwig production at least. I think it's difficult, right? Because um, so this is why, despite not wanting to talk too much about the story, we had to mention Barbie Land and then Real World. Because I think the question is, if you watch a Barbie movie... What do you want more of? Do you want more from the Barbies and Kens, or do you want more from the the people, um, the plebs? Mm. And I think that the movie kind of didn't balance that out because I did actually really enjoy um, the the real world people. I th- I think that this is a very baseline Will Ferrell character, by the way. Can I just say I thought he was very funny, but this is essentially mm-hmm. a baseline level Will Ferrell. This is always how he is. Um, so I think. Ultimately, the movie gave me what I wanted, which is a lot of Barbie and Ken and Alan and Midge and Skipper um, and a lot of Barbie land and enough of the real world. So I think the not having as much of the real world also means that it the movie requires you as the audience to kind of layer what you know about the real world onto the ideologies or the ideas that the movie is playing with, right? Because um, when you get to kind of the moment, the sort of the grand speech that kind of encapsulates what the problems at the heart of this are, um, I think that it could come across as a little bit preachy or a little bit on the nose for some people. Um, And that's, again, I feel like maybe because we don't know enough of America Ferreira's character. Um, You know, maybe there's not enough giving about the real world to add that kind of heft. But then I also think that the movie assumes, and rightfully so, that most of us already know how things work in the real world. So, I I mean, obviously, like some demographics you can tell are calling the movie way worse than preachy and on the nose. Lah. But the I think that the, all those downsides, all those flaws, you can overlook because the movie is extremely confident with what it, what it is. It's, a, it's such an unapologetic movie. It knows exactly whose side it is on. It knows exactly what message it wants to deliver. Um, I kept thinking about one of Jordan Peele's movies and how... He's very certain that the movie is made for a black audience, but everyone can watch it to be educated and learn about the issues faced by a black audience. And I think that's what this movie is in a in a weird way. Lah. So I, for me, that's all the, the flaws are sort of like, it's easy to look over because of the, the movie knows exactly what it wants to be and it, and it does it. It just delivers. So the film, um, if, if there is one thing, and it comes down to that, main speech, Sharmila, that you talk about as well, this big moment that that changes everything. And um, it is actually a very calculated thing. When you watch it, you can see the gears grinding away towards creating that moment. But I thought, you know what, that's how toys work. And that's when I realized that you will forgive the movie a lot because of its conceit, because of the fact that it centers around the idea of dolls and artificiality and, and you know, what that means alongside you know all the other funny stuff that we've talked about and the weirdness um there are some real existential pinocchio things happening as well and so i think because of that you're willing to well some of us are i i understand if not everyone is but i think to a point you're willing to give it some space because you think well you know your plastic life in plastic it's fantastic and you know that's just how it is 
Well, actually, I, I saw a, a headline uh, that said something along the lines of how clever it is that um, a movie makes a case for not holding everything up to perfection because then it kind of gives itself a reason not to necessarily be perfect, but to try. Um, and I really think that that's a great way of describing what this movie is. It, it's clearly very ambitious. It's clearly got so many ideas at its heart. It doesn't hit every mark that it sets for itself. But I kind of think that's okay because it's doing something that we've actually not seen many other filmmakers aspire to do. I mean, the tagline on the poster is, if you love Barbie, this movie is for you. If you hate Barbie, this movie is for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of, putting that on a poster, that's, uh, that, that's something like, it's like, hey, you know, everyone should watch this. So, okay, um, six thumbs up. And do we think cinema? Do we all say cinema? Because I do. Oh, cinema, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I, I, can I just say these two films have, convinced me that cinema, you have to watch some movies in the cinema. I think the only downside of Barbenheimer is that most of the big screens have gone to Oppenheimer and Mission Impossible and Barbie is getting the smaller, uh, more intimate quote-unquote screens. <laughs> this would have been nice to, to if it was in a large premium format. Hey, but you know, at least all the foyers are dedicated to Barbie. Every cinema has like <laughs> Barbie decor up to the ceiling. They're not selling Oppenheimer toys anywhere? Mm, no standees for <laughs> no, Oppenheimer no weird photo hats. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so this is the first half of our Barbenheimer review duo. Uh, we've been talking about Barbie. All loved it. Go watch it. Uh, and then let us know if you already have and liked it. Uh, you can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.